Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, John Duffin here from Duffin Media and welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the place to help you find your business voice. Hell, find your real, true, authentic voice. That's the whole purpose and the whole point. If we can help get you there, then we're doing the right thing. You will continue to find us on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. And my only ask, keep liking, keep sharing, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell whoever you want. Keep listening and we will keep driving content. Folks, welcome back. I am really, really happy. I get to meet an old friend who I got to work with for a number of years, Matt Apramola, who I knew, know from my Univision days. And so Matt has always been someone, and it will come through, even though this is an audio podcast, it will come through the warmth and the energy of somebody who I just thought, oh my God, this guy's going to go places. And he actually went places. So Matt, welcome, man. Hey, John, thank you for having me. It's great to see your face again. Oh my God, it's it's terrific. So I remember my broadcast ad sales days went, and my Univision days went from 2006 and went until about 2019. For a few of those fun years, I got to go to New York, actually for a lot of those years. And so that's where I first met Matt. Matt, what pulled you into the field? Yeah, great question. So um, basically, I graduated college. I had an English degree. Um, My now wife, uh, back then she was my girlfriend, and I, we went to Europe uh, for two months following my graduation. We lived all over the place, had some really cool experiences, got to meet some extended relatives that we never would have met before and came back and was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? So, um, you know, I had to get something and I started making connections uh, on LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. through, through my family. Um, I, I think that's probably one of the easiest ways to get a job, um, you know, is, is through someone, you know, and ultimately I was delivering pizzas for about a year. <laughs> so I, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't get the job right away and, uh, I was making good money. I was able to move out, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, run my own schedule, but that whole time, uh, was applying, interviewing, going to the city with, you know, a, holding up a poster, passing out my resumes. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah, made made some friends in Central Park. Um, oh, well, bad. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that all um, led to an interview that I had at Entrevision, uh, mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, this is a, you know, I like advertising. Sales is something that I feel I'd be good at. You know, another connection or two later, and I got an interview at Univision, and obviously. Great brand, uh, strong brand, um, you know, was my first job. So I wanted to get my feet wet and see what to expect. And, you know, it, it led me to where I am today and, and uh, grateful for the experience. It's fun for me, but I want to 
dive back one half step. When you were in Europe for those couple of months, where were your favorite? Where were your favorite places? Definitely Paris. Um, mm. So we got to go. We were lucky enough to go to the 70th anniversary of D-Day. Oh my um, god! Wow. Yeah, that was quite an experience. Uh, you know, it was just my fiance and I. I spoke. Mm-hmm proficient French, uh, in France, I couldn't speak a word now. Um, but you know, when you're immersed in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of all comes out, we got to go to Normandy, see the French countryside. We ended up, um, living with a family, uh, in central France as well. Um, kind of on a horse farm, just working for them. What um, do you mean? Yeah. Like I, we wound up living for a family on a horse. How do you rig that man? So it was through a, um, a website called HelpX. Uh, okay. Basically, you would subscribe. You'd get to, you know, you'd see all these listings. You'd have access mm-hmm. to these listings around the world. People who would host you for free in their homes in exchange for work. So we uh, we did that in France and we did that in Switzerland. Um, yeah, wow. it was great experience. Have you been back to Europe since? Since then, no, no, we are. We, uh, we were planning to get married in May of mm-hmm. last year in Spain and Barcelona, but um, you know, mm-hmm. COVID took that over. So overdue for sure. How about yourself? I That's why I asked. So I've never been to Paris, never been to Switzerland. You talked about the language proficiency. So between my numerous um, trips to Villanova University and, and, and as I call it, 20 of the best years of my life to get that elusive <laughs> four-year degree. But, that, but I digress. This is about you, not me. But I remember, so I took French. Every time I was there, took French in high school, took it independently. So as I just shared with, do you remember Debbie Black? I do not know. Okay, so she used to work with Univision, and I only said okay. I just saw her the other night. It's the only reason I'm bringing it up, which was we were talking that specific language, which was that it was like, here's what I can say, and this is after 17 years, I feel like, a back and forth of learning French, which is I am a red tie because <laughs> I never know the verb for where. So I can the best I got is that it is a language. It kills me because... I had so much exposure to it and then just basically let it go, you know, Um, but, but to answer the question. So last time I was, I was in Europe a couple of times. And so my bucket list places, yeah, three, um, three times and Portugal Mm. was the last place. Whereabouts? I was in in the Algarve. So I was in Lagos and and in there. So all, basically all by those beaches. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I'm amazed that I have not gone back yet. I'm amazed because I, I just felt like so pulled. So I feel like I will um, without any doubt. And I was in Greece. Ooh. I was in the exact same answer, which is I can't believe <laughs> I haven't been back there. And then the first was Italy. And oh, that was great. And Italy, yeah, and, and for me, it was like, look, and we'll get to this in a moment, I've traveled extensively, but I've really lived in one general area. And so why I bring that up now was like, when I got to Italy, Italy was the first place I ever was where I remember I had no reference point for the beauty that was there. It wasn't like, oh, that's like New York, but this, or it's like Chicago, but that, or it's like LA, but this. Wow. The images, the it, it was like nothing I had actually ever seen before. 
And I just remember that. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, there's like this this huge, big, beautiful world of which I have no idea whatsoever. So you're saying, all right, so COVID took a lot of people's weddings or at least postponed them. Um, As you said, my wife now. So it's not like, okay, we're just going to wait around. But do you ever think like in terms of, like I said, in, in terms of that as almost no pun intended, a make good um, in regards to <laughs> oh, that word, that right? Oh, uh, that's an old TV tech term, which if I <laughs> never hear the word again, uh, I will be a happy man. But um, but do you ever think about that in terms of for the two of you? Um, yes, we did. Uh, New Year's Eve down here in Texas, uh, in Fredericksburg mm-hmm. in the wine country. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was one of the very rare days where it snowed so it was supposed to be outside it was right. you know two days before the wedding it dipped mm-hmm. down 30 degrees and uh we made we made it we made it work but uh it was definitely a struggle and uh you know that's i think a good way to start a marriage is, is making it through something like that so well yeah it certainly makes it memorable how long so you guys have been married for how long uh it's End of April, almost four months. It was New Year's Eve. We got married. That's awesome. I didn't know it was New Year's Eve of this year. Okay, great. That's just awesome. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. And so here's, like I said again, my, my, my recollections of Matt, which is Matt, like, so the New York office that we worked in and Matt worked in exclusively and I would visit and be there was big and busy and, 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 and people, like I said, while it was a social office, I was coming in basically as the out of towner. And so people had their own things to do. So I had relationships, but the fact of the matter is the people that I was also seeing the internal crowd were very much of, they were juggling a billion different markets and a billion different people. And so they may not have had as much time. And so often you go in and there would be like people like literally with their heads down at their desks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or grinding stuff out. Here's a, Matt, this never, ever, ever failed. And it's the primary reason. Uh, there's two reasons that you're here today. And one of them is this. I never, ever saw you where you were not embodying that old adage of welcome, invite, and include. And so you were based, not basically, you were for me. And it's like, you just made things better, easier, nicer, friendlier. How did you navigate? Because there was so much stuff going on and you were being pulled in so many different directions. How are you able to maintain that sense of not just inclusion, not just the treating people good, but how do you maintain that in your mind just in day to day? That's a great question. But I first have to say, likewise, I mean, picking up the phone and calling you was a great break in the day, uh, kind of a break from the norm, because I know, you know, you you were one going to be available. Uh, you always made yourself available, which mm-hmm. was invaluable. And uh, it was just always a pleasant conversation. So that I just have Thank to you. say, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you made me feel uh, welcome as well. Um right. But I think that in an environment such as that, um, you know, at the head, you know, corporate headquarters of a big organization, it could sometimes be very stale and dusty, right? Um, so, so to speak. And I don't thrive in those type of environments. So I like to bring my own personality. I like to connect with people who are going to be vibrant and inclusive. Um, 
people who are going to make the workday better because if you're just like you said, you know, head down all day, it doesn't really show other people that you want to be there. And it kind of creates a um, dichotomy in the environment uh, where we're supposed to be productive. But I mean, you're productive, but you don't feel like you're being productive. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a, a good way to put it, but I just, I think the best environments are ones that are open, collaborative and inclusive. That's awesome. And, and, and there's, there's just a, a warmth that you carry. So I wanted to learn more and know more. And I got this chance like I said, as I got to get to know you, how, like I said, again, it was more than work. And that part was great. And, and and on good days and bad days and stuff. So I was living a little bit vicariously through you. And which gets me then to reason two, um, which was I really liked what you stood for. And I really admire your guts. So for a young guy to make big moves because I know that ain't easy. Um, I watched to do that. First, I watched to move geographically. Then I watched to move professionally. And I think it's the geographical part because there is almost like a, like a longing <laughs> for me. Um, I We were just like, in terms of talking about Europe and then we could do the exact same conversation in the, in, in the cities domestically that I've been to. And I always felt like, oh, I could live here. I could live here. I could live there. I'll live here. I'll live there. And then didn't. So you find an opportunity and schlep literally across the country. Um, how did that come about? Yeah. So, and, and it's been such a, great experience it's been life-changing truly mm -hmm. as, as you could imagine i mean the stars kind of aligned um as they do in in situations like that or as right. they need to because it's so big of a change but um you know, essentially we my fiance myself and, mm -hmm. and a friend of ours we were in barbados and i okay. got it on vacation and i got a text um from a colleague that i worked with uh lindsay and um she said you know, Andrea down in the Austin office, who's the coordinator, she's, you know, she put in her her notice and they're looking for someone in that office. And I had been kind of looking at other options just at that point, just because it was a two hour commute door to door from New Jersey where I was. And mm -hmm. I'd get up or you know, I'd leave the house at, at uh, seven, take the bus. Um, sometimes the bus would be late. Sometimes it would be full mm -hmm. and I have to wait for another one get to the Port Authority after about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and then walk across town to 39th and 3rd, where the office was located. How long was that walk? That was 1.2 miles. And okay, uh, so you're after an hour plus, then you finish off by walking a mile each way two times a day. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing it back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, and you know, as soon as 5.30 hit, hit, I would sprint in my suit to uh, to the Port Authority through snow and all yep. that. And, uh, and then in the summers, everyone from New York is going to the Jersey Shore. So, you know, sometimes be two hours on the bus and then have to drive mm -hmm. a bus stop home. It was very poor quality of life, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was looking at other options. And I decided to pursue the role in Austin just because I heard great things. Uh, right. I'd never been. I had actually said in my life, I will never live in the South. Uh, I yeah, had, I understand. Okay, but yeah, I don't I understand. Why? 
I had a predisposition, I guess, of what the South was going to be, uh, mm-hmm. going to be like, just because, you know, being from the North my whole life, never really mm-hmm. traveled down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's turned out to be quite the opposite, which is fantastic. Um, so my, my now wife, um, she looked it up, her company, uh, SHI International, yeah. they have a headquarters in Austin. Mm-hmm. So we were like, wow, Univision and SHI are really only a couple miles from each other. Let's let's do this. So wow. I initiated the interview process with Julie in Austin, who is yep, sure. Julie. She's great. Um, and it took it took a while. I was very nervous every day. A lot of stress. Uh, am I going to get this? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I do the presentation right? In that time, my now wife uh, had gotten the job on the Apple team in, at SHI in Austin. Okay. So we were like, okay, that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, finally found out I got it and I was going to be starting in two weeks. So it was like, okay, let's, uh, this is happening. Uh, I was so excited. And I kind of, you know, basically just packed up um, my fiance. Well, my now wife, um, she was starting later than I was. She she was set to start in December. This all happened in September. So mm-hmm. I was supposed to start on October 1st. So basically packed up everything I could in the car, drove down three days to Austin, moved into a place, uh, you know, did everything online, research and all that, made sure right. we had an apartment and uh, started the next day. I was able to ra- started. Yeah. The next day after I got there, I was able to ride my bike to work. It was unbelievable. Okay, so you didn't see your place until you right. physically got to your place. Correct. And I understand. Was it, I, 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 <laughs> among the other hats, I happen to be a realtor, but I don't count that as the same thing. I everybody does that now. You know what I mean? Right. But right. it's like, but cheese. So you you pack your stuff, roll out, two new job, two new companies. Yeah. <laughs> one for her, one for you. Right. One new city, new place. You're walking in the door. How did you like the, uh, this is an odd quote, but I'll say, how did you like the place when you first walked in? Uh, the apartment? Yeah. You physically walk in for the first time. What's that like? It was great. I was like, wow, this would cost way more in New Jersey. <laughs> right? Right? I yeah. love it. You brought up something. Look, the, the that part of having the guts to do something, and but I always like to the, those reminders that it sometimes tends to come from very practical things. I remember being in the New York office and I'm coming in from Philadelphia and people treated that as relatively far, which is laughable when you tell me you need two hours each way, which, which my trip was an hour and 20 minutes by train, maybe 15 minutes ride at the most, at the most, right? And I just remember that sense. I'm like, I don't know how people do this every mm-hmm. single day. But there's that lure of New York. So I now understand better. So the fact of the matter is it's the job, it's the companies that got you to choose Austin. Yes. And I, and I think I, I always equate it to my grandfather who 30 years, 30 plus years, he commuted into the city. And right. I'm lucky to be a part of a generation and, and whether... Uh, you know, taking it for granted or not, we have the option to kind of say, oh, you know, we don't we don't want to do this. We're not happy. We're going to change it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he did that for 30 years. I did that for a year and a half. And I was like, I don't want to do this for 30 years. Um, so, you know, I think people in 
in in the workforce now, especially after COVID with it being sure. remote, I mean, you could kind of say, I'm not happy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to start looking for something that is better for me. And I don't think that's intrinsically selfish. I think it's, you know, something that you need to do both for your mental, physical uh, health. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, I was kind of like, I'm not doing this. I, I'll stay with the company, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I need a better quality of life. So, uh, brother. So. You're in Texas. What are some of your favorite parts of Austin? Buddies of mine are literally going there next weekend. Oh, so yeah. For like some sort of like some sort of a guy's weekend or whatever. And it's like, okay, right. So <laughs> I was there one time for three days. I saw almost none of it. We oh, no, Western in a Univision. Oh, we were on some ranch. Um if, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what ranch we are basically sequestered. Like, so those old schools manager, those old school manager meetings where, as you can learn, it's like they might as well have had those on the ninth floor to pack everybody up and send them down. And on the surface, people were like, oh, it's going to be in Austin for three days. I don't recall seeing the light of day for one moment. So I, it is one of those cities for me, which I hear great things about and inclusion and diversity and blah, 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 blah. Right. But I couldn't tell you anything. What, what has, what has a hold on you? You're saying I never would have lived in the South, but I'm here and it's life changing. How so? Yeah. Um, and I just want to say we have an open room. If you change your mind, uh, you free place to stay. Oh, brother. Definitely. Um, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So everything, I really feel I should have been born here. Um, I got a tattoo of Texas now with, the, say? with a light bulb. Cause I ain't showing you the tattoo I got uh, <laughs> and, and no one would want to see it. But the fact is love, love. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's, the music, the the people are just. I mean, compare comparatively to to up north in the tri-state area and, mm-hmm. and New York specifically, it's just people seem to just have a, a nicer disposition down here, mm-hmm. um, and that it just equates across the board to so many more pleasant encounters and experiences. Like, you know, you might go through. I don't know. You might go to a store in New York. A guy who's looking at his phone the whole time. He doesn't care about you. He does a transaction without even looking you in the eye. Right. Here, you're getting a, a, you know, you go to a gas station, you walk in, you're getting a warm welcome. How's your morning? Um, you know, talking to you throughout the entire process. And that is that after a couple of times, that changes things. That makes you have a, you know, better day if you're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, it's, and it's not everyone. I mean, it's not everywhere you go uh, naturally, but. Uh, it just seems to be more prevalent. So, but remember when you were saying, like when we were talking earlier, that that sense of me coming into the New York spot office, and and I'll, I'll equate basically that was you to me. So it wasn't just, and I'm not saying the other people weren't great, but what I'm saying is, th- it just changed things when I could look at you and just literally see you smile and be very inclusive and not look to bury yourself back in, you know? Um, heck, I remember the standing desk, you know what I mean? So you're like talking about front and center. Uh, I, guess I had cardboard boxes for a while. I couldn't, I couldn't get me one quick enough. <laughs> I, but here's the look. 
You then take on a position with Indeed. And when I rediscover you, it was the creativity that you were using as you're utilizing social media and you're saying and all very cool things. And, you're, and it seems like you're expressing yourself even a little bit more or maybe it was the same thing, but at least I'm paying a little bit more attention. That sort of expression, that sort of creativity, um, as I'm looking at two guitars behind you um, and a microphone, is that all part of you? Has it always been part of you? Yes, I think so. And and in a sense, I kind of felt a bit restrained uh, in the role at Univision just because yeah. it, it wasn't what I was passionate about. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe at, in, if I gave it more time, it you know, would have transformed into something mm -hmm. that I really, you know, uh, enjoy waking up every day for but um when i got into recruiting it's just yeah. been, i love helping people i love making things easy for people i've had really really poor interview experiences myself and the the essence of why i wanted to be a recruiter would stem from that mm -hmm. um, and i don't want anyone else to have that type of experience um so you know that's why i really love what i do i think i'm good at what i do and you know, I really just, I guess the underlying theme is I want to help people. Uh, I want to help people help themselves, I guess, make their lives better as much, you know, whatever small part I could play in that. So um, talk to me about some, like if there was any sort of a rewarding experience or, or something where you felt as if I made an impact um, or I'm like you said, I, I made someone's life easier and were better. Any examples of something that you feel good about? Yeah, I, I feel good. Uh, just, I guess, in general, I helping hiring managers, uh, you know, they have a tough test They're They have a full nine to five plus their task with, you know, interviewing and bringing people on to their team. So I'll start with the hiring manager. I like to be as transparent as possible. I move fast. Uh, I like to make sure everything is clear and communicated. Um, and then on the flip side of that, the candidates. So mm -hmm. there are a lot more of them than there are hiring managers. And I want to make sure even the ones that don't get the opportunity are going to have a pleasant, quick experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they get feedback in a timely manner. Um, they're feeling as though they are being heard and, and they, they have a chance. Mm -hmm. And I think especially during COVID when, when I, you know, more than half the people I talk to have a story about being laid off due to COVID either last year or this year. Mm -hmm. And it's heartbreaking because, you know, they may have been with the company for 10, 15 years, uh, even more in some cases. Mm -hmm. So just talking to them like a human, they're not, you know, not just interviewing them with a cold face, you know, just asking question after question, like getting to know them, I think is important so that they feel valued. Um, and that, you know, even if they, don't get selected or they decide to leave the experience. They're going to say, I had a positive experience working with this company. Um, I, I think that's just at the basis of why I love what I do is because I can have that impact on somebody's day and, and their career. Who has influenced you that you would say they helped me? And that's part of the reason why I'm so expressive, inclusive, um, communicative. Who are some people that have helped you? That's a great question. Honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast, John, I look at you on LinkedIn and I'm like, wow, he is someone who's pursuing something that he loves so much. And it's evident in your face, in your voice, in your actions, in the way, you know, that you connect with other people. Like, I think 
that's inspiring. And I'm on LinkedIn all day, you know, searching for candidates. And you know, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so I see your name pop up almost on the daily. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that's inspiring to me is, you know, you got to throw everything you have into what you love. Um, I think also, I'm trying to think of in my, in my professional career, a lot of people at Indeed had a, a strong impact on me. Um, yeah. You know, it was when I started there, it was kind of a startup within Indeed, uh, kind of like a, building an agency. within Right. Indeed. right. And, um, you know, a lot of intelligent people with a lot of good ideas mm-hmm. and really just focused on providing an effortless experience for people all around uh, in, in, you know, colleagues internally and externally. So um, I think just the people that I've worked under are really inspiring and I'm lucky to have had that. And I would have met first off a way. Thank you. Uh, God almighty. Thank you. Because I gravitate to certain people. I like, as I, you said it, I guess one of the nice takeaways just for me is that we all take different kinds of risks. And when the job ended for me at Univision and I was like, I was also, I would say pretty ready to make another move. The problem was I knew what, I just didn't know how, what, um, and that's the kind of thing. And, and, and that's where I, I, I admire you so much because I wasn't looking for a new apartment or, you know, working out wedding vows or, or, you know, or then a whole different field in a whole new city with people at the gas station now all of a sudden are talking to you uh, as opposed to staring you down. I, I, I find that great. But yeah, for me, that's one of the things that's that kindness that you extend then and now is is part of the reason I can take more risks because it, it enables me to have more guts. And so I worry a little less about do I look foolish? Do I sound weird? Do I you know that's sort of, and and I can do that really easily. And I did that for a lot of my adult life. And so one of the parts of gratitude from me to you is that there are people that I meet along the way and it's like, okay, that sense of embracing is a gift. When you give that to somebody, it's like, okay, I'll take more risks. And as a result, stuff happens. And while you brought up COVID, I was just talking to somebody yesterday. It's like, um, it impacts everybody everywhere, right? And it impacts me too. But the fact of the matter is you do certain things and you're a little more fearless because of those sorts of things. What drives you now, man? Like I said, in terms of what is like, what matters to you? What drives you at this point? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just happiness, I, I guess. And that sounds cliche and lame. Um, but I just really am at a point where mm-hmm. I need to just be comfortable doing what I'm doing for, for work, which I am, mm-hmm. um, you know, having my family, you know, looking forward to starting a family and okay. uh, yeah. And just whatever I can do to support them, I guess, financially and mentally and physically, mm-hmm. um, we're in a very good place. We're very blessed. Uh, we got our house, uh, our home before, right before COVID hit. So, right. you know, we feel comfortable that we made that move as well. And now it's kind of just, okay, what's the next step? So just loving what I do is important. And I need to do that in my work uh, in order to feel gratified. 
if you were going to, like I said, talking to yourself about building a future family, uh, which is which is great. What are some of the things that you would want to instill with your kids? You asked the tough questions, John. I mean, just no. something fun. Like, like what is something, like, if you're going to, like I said, again, that's yeah, no. happiness, that ease. What would you want? What would you, how, like, what would you instill with your kids? Being honest at all times. Um, I think if you're honest, even in a situation where it may be a detriment to you, you're still going to have a, you're going to have an authentic, to use that word, uh, relationship yeah, right? with you know, whoever it is that you're having that conversation with or, you know, whatever that situation is, it's going to be authentic because it's you. If you mess up and you want to cover it up or, or lie about that, mm-hmm. um, you're only hurting yourself. You're being dishonest with yourself. So I would tell, you know, my kid or kids yeah. um, always tell me what's going on and, and what it mm-hmm. is and, and then, you know, work on a plan from there. So that goes hand in hand with transparency. So I just say, be honest, be transparent and be you know, kind to other people. I mean, again, that sounds like uh, one of those things you'd find at home goods to put on your wall, but I think uh, it's very accurate. I will. The accuracy and the authenticity is great. That's one of the parts that I, that I found for you. It's that sense of, did you always like, what got you to find that authentic voice that you have now? Like, like, was there a point where you felt more comfortable? Oh, um, by the way, that's, completely fine um, i was gonna say and now i can also see there too so good um but like that sense were you always so free and and able to be that authentic wow um no the answer is no okay. um, i didn't Great. feel that way really until i guess after after college um you know college had its ups and downs mm-hmm. um i was in a I was in a fraternity and then I decided that probably wasn't the best move. So I okay. left the fraternity and, um, you know, there was a lot of things with that, that, you know, are you, are you trying to fit in with a group because you're forced to assimilate being at a college or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to have a group of friends and such. Um, and then when I, I guess everything did change when, when I met my now wife, Megan, oh, um, right. I kind of felt more comfortable um, just because, I had someone who, who really like could under understand me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had my best friends growing up and, and we, you know, stay in contact every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having that support system on a daily basis was just invaluable and really just led me to be more open about, okay, this is, this is me. You're getting it, whether you'd like mm-hmm. it or not. Like if I'm going to, Say something. I'm gonna stand by it. If it's the wrong thing to say, I'm gonna stand by it. And and Megan just reaffirms that with me every day. So um, I think it was after college where I really kind of branched out into being who I am now. You know, man, I'm glad you found it young. I, that's one of the cool things. So you'll get to enjoy it. Hopefully, you know the old day at a time, Adam. But hopefully, you'll get to enjoy it more. It took me a while. Uh, I was probably in my young 40s before I could start clearing stuff and getting, like I said, more true to me. And so, and it's still a work in progress. So when I see it in somebody young, it's like, great. Um, the only thing I would say, my job is just to remind you, God, don't give it away. Don't give it away. And don't, like it's honest to God, because it's so valuable what you do and the way that you express yourself. And I'll repeat, I am able to take more risks, do more things, 
because I could just, like I said, I, I, I think of people and Matt, no joke, you're one of them. So it's like, okay, that smile really spoke volumes so that I wasn't leaving the New York office beating myself up or, you know, this didn't happen and that didn't happen and this one was too busy and right? And I'm coming back. It's like that sense. That it, so I am thrilled that we are connected even better now. Uh, yes. I'm excited for you. What do you see for yourself? Like I said, even personally in the next few, like summer's coming. Um, oh, feel free to not answer this question, but are you part of the pro or anti-vax crowd? I got my vaccination. Oh, thank uh, God. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand both sides though. I could, I, you know, um, it's a, it's a very touchy subject, but mm. I got it because I just want to have that reassurance and People are going to do what they're going to do. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm learning, man. It's like, right. And there's people that I love to death in, in, in my sphere. And I, and I think they're complete knuckleheads with this um, and, <laughs> and needing to tell me a bunch of stats that I'm just going to pay no attention to. Oh, no. And you, it's like, if you have an opinion, keep it to yourself. Just please. Yeah. But what I was going to say is I'm glad. So that spare room is sounding much better now because I got one <laughs> and I got a second one coming. So I'm feeling safe and right and true. Um, good, good, good. good. <laughs> Matt Aprilola, I am thrilled that you are here, and I am really grateful to you um, for sharing some of your voice. Because again, your voice helps other people. Point blank, for the third time, you help me. So thank you for making time for me, man. I really, thank you, John. It's been great. It's been great. I'm glad Robert, to get see you. Uh, you know it likewise. Any excuse is a good one. But you just made this great, and you helped other people as well too, folks. You have just listened to another episode of Your Message Received. Keep liking, listening, sharing, subscribing. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a bunch of other places. Matt, thank you again for being here today. I am truly grateful. Absolutely. Thank you, John. And folks, thanks so much for listening. This is John Duffin from Duffin Media. And yeah, I'll keep running your voiceovers to the finish. And you keep coming back for another episode of Your Message Received. And we will be back soon. Folks, have a great day. Thanks for being here. Bye. And now, making its way across the finish line, Your Message Received has been a production of Duffin Media.